We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Thunder fans? This is your boy, Jacob, ThunderMob405 on Twitter, coming to you with this post-game podcast. The Thunder defeat the Orlando Magic on November 4th. Final score, 102-94. to We're here to break it all down with you guys. Before we get started with that, though, real quick, just want to let you guys know that we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Untuck It. Make sure you go follow us. Wherever you use social media at, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Also, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're pretty much on every podcast platform now. While you're there, if you leave us a review, that would mean the world to us. Tell your friends, tell your Thunder fans that are friends of yours. Go download the podcast, check us out. That means a ton to us. Again, the Thunder beat the Orlando Magic tonight, 102-94. to It moves the Thunder to 3-4 and four on the season. Magic dropped to 2-5 and five on the year. And this was a game that was kind of back and forth throughout the night. But the Thunder defense, once again, this team came into this game top three in defensive efficiency in the league. That they, They'll still probably be number three, but that defensive efficiency is going to go up. Currently, their defensive rating is 98.1. That means they're giving up 98.1 points per 100 possessions. And tonight, they only gave up a total of 94 points to the Orlando Magic in the entire game. So you'd have to assume that that number is going to continue to go up. They're playing great defense right now. So as we jump into this podcast, I want to talk about some of the themes from tonight's game. Also, the moment of the night. And then here in a little bit, I'll also tell you about Untuck It, which is an awesome product that you guys should check out. 
But first, let's jump into some of these themes, guys. Uh, There's a handful of really interesting ones that I'm excited to talk to you about. This was a fun game to watch. The first of which being Steven Adams back in the lineup. Uh, Steven had a really poor start to the game. or Sorry, not to the game, to the season. Uh, Just didn't play that well. Everyone was kind of wondering, like, man, what's wrong with Steven? Why why is he playing like this? Like, he played so good in the preseason, and now he's he's kind of just stinking it up in the regular season. And then in the second half, I think late in the fourth quarter, of the Thunder's loss to Houston, Adams suffered a left knee contusion, basically a knee bruise, and was sidelined for two games and then was available tonight against the Orlando Magic. Adams came in. Uh, he plays 26 minutes tonight, 11 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. He's a plus 10, only one foul on the night. He was a plus 10. Uh, 26 minutes for Steven Adams. And I thought he had a a wonderful night. He looked like the Steven Adams of old. He finished an alley-oop. He had some nice moves at the rim. He had some putbacks. He was a rebounding machine. Defensively, he was as great as he always is. Not flashy great like Nerland's Noel is on defense, which is getting blocks and poking the ball out. But Steven is a fundamentally sound, positional, high IQ defender who really isn't going to make mistakes. Will he get beat by a good move? Yeah. Will he get blown by sometimes if he has to step up in a pick and roll? Yeah. But fundamentally, and as far as IQ is concerned, this guy is just so intelligent. And you could just tell especially when he was on the court tonight, that the Thunder really did a great job of rebounding the basketball, which has been a problem since he's been out. Uh, Nerlens Noel has given up a handful of defensive rebounds. The team's kind of gotten bullied down low. And Adams helped clean up those rebounds tonight as well. So a great bounce-back game for Adams. His first double-double of the season, 11-11. and And what's even maybe more impressive to me is those three assists. It, Adams was really directing traffic, setting guys up, making the smart play. Uh, he's just an incredibly high IQ player, and he's incredibly selfless and like team-oriented. And it, it's it's great to have him back on the court, and it's even better to have him back on the court and playing well. So that was really encouraging from Steven tonight. The next theme I want to talk about uh, kind of goes into... Adams being back, which is the Thunder defense. I mentioned at the top, their defensive efficiency has been great. But tonight, I mean, holding Orlando to 94 points. Listen to some of these statistics. Orlando shot 3 of 22 from 3. It's 13.6%. From the field overall, Orlando only shot 39%. Now, they did live at the free throw line, and that is a part of defense that the Thunder have to get better at, which is defending without fouling. Orlando, 27 of 31 at the free throw line. Uh, 31 free throws is way too many free throws. Thunder outscored by 11 at the free throw line tonight. If they don't foul as much, this is more of a blowout than it is kind of a close game coming down the stretch of the fourth. So they got to clean up those, those fouls. But... I mean, some of these stat lines. Aaron Gordon had 15 points, but it was on 13 shots. Um, Vucevic had 10 points on 15 shots. Evan Fournier went 0 of 7 for 4 points. Uh, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. 
the Thunder just kind of shut these guys down. Uh, off the bench, Aminu did have a good night, 4 of 5, 13 points. Uh, Mo Bamba, decent, 3 of 8, 7 points. DJ Augustine, 3 of 10 for 13 points. But overall, the Thunder's defense has just, it's been communicative. It's been in constant motion. There is help defense always coming. They play smart. It's it's fun to watch. It really is. It's fun to watch. They have, I think, kind of above average defenders at pretty much every spot. Chris Paul, as I mean, he's made all defensive teams. He's he's a really solid defender. Shea Gilgis Alexander with that length, really good defender. Terrence Ferguson. People want to complain about Ferguson and his lack of of statistical production, but he defends his ass off. Like he is he is a really, really good defender. Uh, Gallo, not that great of a defender, but in a system where guys around him are good, Gallo can can kind of uh, just fall into a role. And then obviously Steven Adams is a great defender. The Thunder's defense is, is legitimately good. And so that's really encouraging to see. And it's not just a one or two game thing. I mean, they've been good all year so far. Now, small sample size, it's only seven games. Also, some of the teams they've played, like take New Orleans, for example, uh, Brandon Ingram was out, and Brandon Ingram's really been setting the league on fire, right? So that helps your defensive efficiency out. Or the first game of the season when against the Jazz, Mike Conley goes like one of fourteen, right? So they've gotten help along the way, but that doesn't mean that these defensive performances and these statistics are are wrong. It, it's just a part of the game, right? So are the Thunder like one of the one of the top two best defensive teams in the league? When push comes to shove, probably not. But are they a really solid defensive team who plays very smart and intelligently? You're damn right they are. And it's been it's been a it's just been fun to watch. And it's been uh you know, in the past they've it seems like they've kind of taken their foot off the gas on defense throughout the season. Uh, especially like on the wing, and right now they're not really doing that. And so it's it's still early. There's a lot of season left to go, but the defense so far has been a positive to me. Next theme, I want to talk about ball movement. There were moments tonight, and if you watch this game, you probably noticed this as well, where the basketball didn't stick, and to me it looked very much. There was a few moments in that second quarter where the passing just looked incredibly contagious. Like, Dennis Schroeder was was kicking the ball out quick and, and getting the ball out of his hands, and then the next guy felt like he could make a quick move and open up the next guy on down the line and make a pass, and they were bouncing the ball around quite a bit, and it was really, really nice to watch. I mean, I felt like tonight there were more passes in a single game than I see the saw the Thunder in previous years passing like three or four games. The the ball, there were moments where in a single possession, they're passing the ball seven, eight, nine times. Where last year, there was probably a, a lot of possessions where there was zero or one passes. Um, co-host on the uncontested, Kamiar, uh, sent me a statistic tonight that, that I want to bring up. This year, Oklahoma City is eighth in the NBA in passes made. Uh, they are currently passing the ball 290 times per game. Last year, it was at 240 times a game. So they're up 50 passes a game compared to last season. Dead last last season, up to eighth this season. And 
this is the kind of offense that that Billy Donovan wants to run. You know, I a, a lot of people complain about Billy. I, I think it's really easy to scapegoat the coach because oh, what is he doing? He doesn't know anything. Oh, blah blah blah. Because all you see from a coach is a very small window game time compared to everything that he does. And I think this is the the style of offense, ball movement, player movement that Billy Donovan has been preaching to his team. Now, in the previous years, they didn't need that as much. And you know, maybe the team wasn't running offense the way he wanted. But also, in the previous years, Russell Westbrook just being so explosive, you don't need as much ball movement because when Russell drives, he can make one pass to an open guy. Whereas now, the Thunder need to make multiple passes to get somebody open. So just the entire setting is different. But this is the type of offense that the Thunder want to be running. And when it's running, uh, I mean, even Royce Young of ESPN tonight tweeted that the the offensive basketball just looked pretty for the for the Thunder tonight. And I I had tweeted something similar, right? It's just it, it seemed like it was fun to watch. The ball is moving around. Guys are cutting. Guys are driving. Guys are trying to assist one another. The assist numbers are still down right now, but as far as like just just sheer volume of assists and their ranking in the league. But I think that stat might be a little bit misleading because the assist numbers are down, but the passing numbers are up, right? And and that is what's encouraging. There were, I mean, the Thunder probably had an opportunity. I'd be interested to see assist numbers versus potential assist numbers, which is an actual stat in the NBA. I think it's on stats.mba.com. You can look up potential assists. So passes that were made to somebody who then took a shot and missed it, right? Or made it. And they total up those potential assists. Last year, Russ had some games where he had like 30 potential assists. I bet the Thunder are pretty high in potential assists this year. They're moving the ball really better than we've ever seen in the Oklahoma City Thunder era. Right? And that's because of coaching, and that's because of personnel. And I think, like, tonight, they won the game moving the ball. Uh, Saturday afternoon against New Orleans, they won the game. Because they move the ball. And so when you get those immediate results, you see we're passing the ball a lot. We're winning basketball games. That stuff starts to become contagious for a team, right? Uh, It's very binary. Passing equals winning. So we keep passing. Whereas if they were passing the ball all these times and then dropping like 15-point losses, I bet it would revert to isolation basketball rather quickly, right? So... The, the fact that they're winning, I think, psychologically, subconsciously, influences the team to continue doing those things that have been successful, which is passing the basketball. And so I think you'll continue seeing that in the future. Uh, before we move on to some of these other themes, I want to talk to you guys real quick about Untuck It. So Untuck It is a website and a store selling button-down t-shirts. And while the holidays are almost here, it means it's time to buy some gifts for some folks. And there is not a better gift to buy for one of the men in your life than one of these stylish shirts that fit just right. Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Me personally, I, I hate tucking shirts in. Right, it's just annoying. Uh, it, it, it never feels like it fits right. It feels like it poofs up. 
Uh, It's constantly like tugging. I hate tucking shirts in, but I like wearing button downs. I like looking nice. So untuck it shirts always fall at just that right length. No matter your size, uh, you'll look casual and sharp. Have you ever seen an untucked button down? They typically look kind of bad, right? And that's because they weren't made to be worn that way. Thankfully for untuck it, they have original button down shirts that are actually designed to be worn untucked instead of tucked into your pants. No matter your size or shape, untuck it shirts always fall at that perfect length. And with the holidays coming in, it's a great gift to buy somebody uh, that could use an upgrade. So they have more than 50 fit combinations. Untuck it shirts look great on anybody tall, short, slim, big, athletic, all ages. And for me, this is awesome because if you guys follow me on Twitter, I've tweeted this a few times. I've, I've dropped quite a bit of weight. I'm down almost 40 pounds and it, it, it's really exciting. But some of my shirts fit awkwardly now, right? Like I'm also a, a fairly tall guy. So I need bigger shirts because they're long. But then when you get bigger shirts, they're like really wide. And I like that kind of that slim, clean look. So it's hard to find shirts that fit just right. Well, with Untuck It, 50 plus shirt combinations. Like, that's awesome, guys. You, you can find the right fit for anybody. So make sure you check them out. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online, or they have 80 brick and mortar stores across the US. You can choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirt will never look baggy, bulky, too long, or too big again. And their website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your right fit. So you go on and you think, man, I don't know. I don't know what my right fit is. They can help you find it. Not a problem. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or you're just trying to find your own shirts, visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's awesome. 20%, one fifth of your, your price off. Again, that's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, back to some of these themes from this Thunder vs. Orlando game. I want to talk about the young guys and how well they're playing. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley. Oh, they all really had great nights. So Ferguson, uh, three field goal attempts, five points, one rebound, one assist. But his defense, again, incredible. He held Evan Fournier, who, who, who he was matched up on for most of the night. Zero of seven shooting, zero of two from three, four points a negative 13 in the plus minus, in the raw plus minus. Darius Baisley, let's talk about the rookie for a moment, 19 years old, 10 points, six rebounds, an assist, two steals, uh, ended plus zero, so he, he was just a net net zero on the night. And I was a little bit worried about Baisley. Against New Orleans, he had a great, great game. And I thought that, fans would start to think, oh, Darius Baisley is great. He's going to do all those wonderful things. When he's 19 years old, like his trajectory isn't going to be strictly linear straight up, right? He's going to be up and down. He's going to struggle at times. And in the first half tonight, he struggled a bit. 
He hit a three, but there were multiple times where Baisley went to the rim. He got a steal and went to the rim. Um, he, in the half-court set, drove to the rim. And it's like when he got to the rim, he didn't quite know what he was supposed to do. He didn't play above the rim. He got swatted like three times, and it looked pretty bad. Uh, and he, he very clearly was struggling at attacking the basket. And I thought, man, as a 19-year-old in your seventh NBA game, that's got to that's gotta crush your confidence a little bit. And, and you probably go in hesitant and, and unsure and not as aggressive after that. But he came out of halftime, and he played really well. He had another two drives in the second half. One, he drove in, and when the defense collapsed, he had spotted a spot-up three-point shooter. I forget who shot the ball. But on the opposite wing, uh, kind of up on the elbow, and he drove in, stopped, turned, and passed to a wide-open shooter who pulled up and shot the three and made it. So that was his assist of the night. So he adjusted, right? Instead of driving to the rim and forcing up a shot and getting blocked, he adjusted. And then I think it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he catches the ball in the left wing, and he gives a ball fake to Schroeder at the top of the key. The defense shifts. Baisley puts the ball on the ground with his left hand, drives, double clutches, goes underneath Vucevic, and finishes a layup. So he learned from his mistakes in the first half and did something different in the second half. That's a huge sign of maturity from a 19-year-old, y'all. Like, that is that is very, very nice. His IQ, his feel, just kind of his, his smooth style of play uh, is really encouraging for how young he is. I mean, you guys got to think, like, this guy will be in his third NBA season when he is Shea Gilgis Alexander's age. His third NBA season. Right? He's got so much growing to do. He's so young. And he already, like, mentally, mentally is probably the hardest part of being in the NBA. Tons of guys in the NBA. I mean, you look at any NBA player, they have the body, the frame, the athleticism to play in the league. But a lot of them, it's it's the IQ, it's the knowledge, it's knowing where to be and what to do. And Baisley has that already, right? Two steals tonight. He jumped passing lanes twice and made great plays. He's a solid rebounder. Now, there's tons of places, like I'm hyping him up. There's tons of places he can get better at. Again, finishing at the rim. Um, getting just NBA strength, right? Because he got bullied down low. He got bullied by Vucevic. He got bullied by Mobamba. He got bullied by by Chief. Um, I remember his nickname. What's his real name? Uh, Alfred Camino. There we go. He he got bullied down low quite a bit. So he, he can he can work on getting more strength, right? There's places where he can grow, but the places where he where he needs to get better are fairly simple places. Whereas the the difficult stuff, the IQ, the knowledge, the wherewithal, that stuff is already there. And so that's super encouraging for a guy who's 19 years old. Really impressed with Baisley the past couple of games. Uh, but again, he's going to have bad nights. Just get ready for it. He's 19 years old, man. Like this kid was in high school like 16 months ago, right? Like it's it's going to take a while and he's going to be up and down. But we've got to celebrate the ups and and see that potential. And then in the downs, we get to see what he he can grow at and work at and get better from, right? Uh, Hamadou Diallo tonight. He and Terrence Ferguson basically matched minute totals. 
Diallo, six points on two of five shooting. Uh, missed the only three he took, but six rebounds and assist, two steals and two blocks. Homie's active, right? You see him when he's on the floor. His mist- he, He's kind of like Russell Westbrook. His points are loud. His mistakes are loud. His steals, his blocks are loud. You notice him. You definitely notice him. There's still parts of Homie's game mentally that he just has to get better at. He got beat on multiple backdoor cuts tonight. Uh, he cannot shoot the basketball to save his life. He had like a really ill-advised like dribbled around for a while, then tried to shoot like a turnaround jumper in the lane and just like airballed it bad, uh, short like a foot and a half because he couldn't get the shot over the guy in front of him. There's places where Homie can get better at, but his energy, his activity, and his aggressiveness all are going to earn continue to earn him minutes this season, and and that's a positive thing, and I think that's a. Uh, Seeing Homie go through these these games where he's good and then he's he struggles a little bit, he's going to get better as the season goes on. Again, he's only 21. He's going to get better as the season goes on. And then this is a theme on this podcast. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we always kind of finish talking about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's kind of funny. Maybe it's because he's the best player on the team. Hell of a night from Shea once again. Uh, team leader in minutes, 36. Team leader in points, 24. Uh, shot three of five from the three-point line tonight. That's 60%. That led the team. Um, 14 field goal attempts. Put him at third on the team. Gallo shot 17. Chris Paul shot 15. Shea had three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. This kid's just special, man. He's just special. He shot the ball well tonight. He moved well. He defended well. He's... I I want I started to wonder this during the game and I thought about tweeting it and I didn't. But it's very clear that the Thunder are planning to rebuild this team, to tear it down, eventually get rid of Gallo, get rid of Chris Paul, um get rid of Dennis Schroeder, you know, maybe they trade Steven Adams. They they're very clearly um in the process of tearing it down in order to build it back up. But I kind of wonder if from Sam Presti's point of view if he's maybe started to shift, and I know it's a small sample size, okay? I know it's a small sample size. But I wonder if his viewpoint shifted just a little bit into could he do a a Boston-type rebuild on the fly because Shea Gilgis-Alexander is becoming better than anyone thought he would be, right? Like, I wonder if he thinks, oh, man, we've got something special here. We should build around this rather than trying to rip everything down and rebuild. We can still cash in all those draft picks. We have these vets we can swap out for for different style of role players. But maybe we should see how Shea can lead this team. I don't know. It's just been a thought of mine. I doubt that that would actually happen. But I think Shea's been better than a lot of people. Like a lot of people had high hopes for him. Thunder fans, national people had high hopes for him. I think he's currently shattering those. I think he's playing way better than a lot of people expected him to play so far this year. Again, small sample size. But if he continues this and he ends the season averaging, I mean, what is he averaging right now? Like 22 points, like five or six rebounds and three assists a game. Like if he can continue and run a stat line like that for the entire season, like that is pretty damn impressive. Uh, He's, he's, 
He's turning heads. I really think he is. Uh, last theme I kind of want to talk about tonight before we hop out of here is it seems as if a rotation is finally starting to take hold in Thunderland. Scott or Scott Brooks, holy crap, that's a blast of the past. Billy Donovan, man, you want to talk about a Freudian slip there. Billy Donovan has maybe started to settle into a rotation. Tonight he played nine guys except Mike Muscala got in for, for a random four minutes there at the end of the third quarter, uh, maybe due to a little bit of foul trouble um, from some other guys. But the five starters plus Nerlens, Baisley, Schroeder, and Diallo. And no Abdul Nader tonight, no Deontay Burton tonight. And I wonder if those nine guys are just kind of going to be who he runs until obviously trades are made. But it seems like that's kind of settling into being his rotational players. Now, from time to time, other guys will get opportunities and minutes. But it seems like those nine are kind of going to be the the nine of this team moving forward. So those nine have played good so far, maybe with the exception of Muscala. Um, sorry, Muscala makes 10. So those nine have played well so far, the nine that got significant minutes tonight. Um, aside of Muscala, nobody got below 16 minutes. That was Nerlens Noel, uh, team low, when you exclude Muscala, 16 minutes. So solid rotation minutes for for all the rotation guys, and I think that's going to be the nine you, you kind of continue to see as the season progresses. Obviously, that's subject to change with injuries and, and trades, but my assumption is that's who it's going to be moving forward. Uh, so last thing. For the night, before we get you guys out of here, I don't want to run this podcast too long. I feel like I already am. So last thing of the night, we're going to start doing these in all our post-game podcasts. The moment of the night. And tonight's moment of the night would be fourth quarter, about two minutes left, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he loses a shoe. The Thunder make a basket. He starts to backpedal. Shea throws his shoe at him. And for the entire defensive possession... Danilo Gallinari defends with his shoe in his hand. Now, sometimes you see a player lose a shoe in the NBA and they like toss it to the sideline and they play in like one shoe and one sock. Gallo just held his shoe while he defended. Uh, there's a there's an awesome picture somewhere on on Twitter of Gallo boxing out Vucevic uh, with one arm while having his shoe in the other, and then he jumped up and tried to secure the rebound while having a shoe in his hand. So it was pretty funny. Um, luckily there was a, a dead ball for a review after that. And, and Gallo got time to put his shoe back on, but it's always funny to watch a guy try to defend with a shoe in his hand. Uh, you don't see that too often, especially trying to secure the rebound with the shoe in his hand. It was pretty fun. So that, that definitely has to go down as the moment of the night tonight. Uh, kind of a lighthearted, funny moment at the end of a pretty solid thunder win where it was close down the stretch and in crunch time, they closed it out. So let's get out of here. Let's pump some of this this pretty awesome post-game music. Get you guys out of here. Again, thank you all so much for checking out the podcast. I Personally, I can't explain to you how much I appreciate you guys. Um, if you are not already, just go and hit subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcast at. Search The Uncontested. You'll find us. Subscribe to us. That way, you automatically get these podcasts. New pod 
every Monday morning and then after every single Thunder game. We're doing all 82 post-game podcasts. Taylor will have your next one Thursday after the Thunder take on the San Antonio Spurs. Should be a fun game. So make sure you subscribe. Follow us wherever you are on social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook. We're on all three of them. Shout out to our jersey winner, Evan McDonald. He won a free OKC Thunder jersey of his choosing. He has chosen a orange statement Shea Gilgis Alexander jersey. So Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.